0: So product discovery is arguably one of the most important parts of a PM's role. And because of the nature of it, it's so ambiguous, you would have a much higher success rate if you align with not only stakeholders, but also cross-functional peers. So my guest today is Farbot Sarov, and he's put together this product alignment document, or PAD framework, uh, to exactly address this, uh, challenges of product discovery and much more. Now Fireboard is a product lead at Miro currently, and he's focused on uh, platformization of Miro to create an ecosystem of creators that build apps and integrations on top of Miro. So get ready, guys, for a really interesting chat. With my guest Farbot Saraf on how product is done at Miro. Hey, I'm your host Cyrus Shirazian, and welcome to PM Hub Podcast. A show dedicated to bringing you fresh and unique insights from product leaders and tech entrepreneurs. Cool. All right, Farwood, welcome to PM Hub.
1: Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.
0: For sure, man. For sure. So uh, you know, it's 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 a remote world right now. Uh, which part of the world do you live in? Like, how's how it like where you are?
1: Right now, based in Amsterdam, I think it's not much different uh, wherever you are in the world. In some way or another you have been impacted by pandemic so some countries are a bit ahead some are behind but more or less yet yeah. things are currently locked down we are in a lot semi-lockdown and yeah everyone is waiting for vaccines and so forth so yeah yeah how about you
0: yes yeah same here i'm based out of toronto and um semi kind of i'd say it's a lockdown and uh, yeah situation is similar so uh that's that's crazy like two different parts of the world and uh I guess I guess uh, it's it's pretty I mean that's why it's a pandemic but anyways <laughs> uh, but that's that's good to hear. Amsterdam is, is a fun place and uh, so firebot before uh, we jump right into this topic you know about product uh, you know how, how is product done at Mira I'd love to hear from your perspective you know uh, we all have different journeys in the product like what, what was your journey like and how did it evolve over the years?
1: Yeah, so um, I started my career as a software developer back in the day. so I used to be a Java developer, and before that, I used to be a hardware engineer. Uh, so uh, after I switched to software, I I've, uh, I used to be a developer for two three years. And next to my uh, work as a developer uh, at work, I used to do a lot of side projects. Uh, and within those side projects, which used to be done with friends, I've always played the role of product manager by doing product discovery, mocking things up, doing persona identification, digging into data and so forth. And I started noticing that I liked that a lot and that's something which I also want to do during the day. And then uh, I started looking for opportunities to make that switch happen. And yeah, so since then I've been product manager and group product manager for different type of products. But because of my technical Background: Some of the products that I worked on as a PM uh, very technical side of products, so platforms, REST APIs, uh, web SDKs, and so forth.
0: Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. And you, you, you've done it, all man. Hardware, software, all over the place, and so. Yeah, so you should hardware, have a very, software, and then product. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's awesome, man. So. um Cool. So you 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 uh, put up this uh, kind of blog post with some templates about this document uh, about product alignment document, which which is which became I'd say relatively popular. I, I can tell you from my experience when I showed it to to my team, they all loved it. We all adopted it, and uh, at least I put in the plan to adopt it. So, but I'm curious to know, like, what was okay? First of all, what is it? Uh, give us a bit of background story, and you know, why did you create this, and you know, how did it come to be?
1: Yeah, sure. So when I joined uh, Miro, I think around a year ago, there was already a product review in process. And that was the panel where product managers would come and they present some of their product decision in a panel which would consist of other peers, other PMs, leadership, and some of the sponsors uh, for that specific product. And uh, that was, I think, a uh, great now. That was one of the first things I really liked at Miro. Uh, but I uh, noticed there is room for improvement, and that was for two reasons. One was because those product reviews were quite unstructured, so every team would come with their own uh, sort of a structure and presentation. And sometimes the same type of question would get repeated across different product reviews, which would be sort of a hint that we need a template here because... These questions are keep coming up in, in more or less every product reviews. And next to that, the, the company was also growing super fast. So we, we entered the, the, the hyper scale mode and there were a lot of new PMs getting on the product was growing super fast. And I saw an opportunity for, uh, for improvements. Then uh, I was given an opportunity by our CEO and our product operation team to think how we can make this process uh, uh, more standard more, more standard, and a better process for the whole company. And I started thinking about the whole product discovery process and not necessarily only about the, the, the uh, panel and, and how the review is done and how the presentation is done. So uh, if you look at the whole product discovery, it all comes down to the very basic of problem discovery, solution discovery. And I think this, this is known to, to most product managers in most product companies. They do in some way or another product uh, problem discovery and solution discovery. So uh, I decided thinking, okay, what uh, are the things that needs to be done in the, problem discovery, what are the set of things that needs to be done in solution discovery, what are the touch points that we want to have in this whole process, like, where do we want to have the reviews? And I also noticed that in, at least in a lot of products, teams that I've worked before or know, they put a lot of effort and energy in the product discovery, but the reflection on how it went later on is, is not as strong as the discovery itself. So yes, the team sometimes do retro, sometimes they look back and see how it went, but there is not a, a sort of a panel where teams share their learnings with each other and reflect on um, how was uh, how did it go, the, the, the whole product launch? Was it uh, the way as expected? What are the bottlenecks that they notice on the way? So uh, I also decided to add an extra piece at the end of it uh, to share the learnings, reflecting on uh, how, how we have done the launch uh, and making sure that these learnings are shared so other teams are not doing the same mistakes. And I came up with this sort of three-part template and, and, and sort of ceremony. Um, again, depending on the team um, and the company, uh the, the reviews can be done differently or the template can be adjusted. Uh, but I think at least the, the base is something that all sort of teams and companies in different sizes can use. And if you want, I can just deep dive in each area.
0: Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll dive right in after. It's pretty awesome, man. And I like I said, I personally really enjoyed reviewing it. And that's such a good point, especially when you know, when the team gets bigger and uh, you know the shared learnings between the different product teams. That's that's such a valuable tool. Let's, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the actual a little bit more details of the you know uh, this, this PAD product alignment document you put together, Fab. like, so what are some elements of this PAD?
1: Yeah, sure. Product alignment framework has three main sections, and one is opportunity problem framing. So every product development starts with thinking about an opportunity to capture or a problem to solve. And in this phase, uh, we describe what is the problem statements, who is the audience, the why. Basically, why do we want to to, uh, solve this problem? Why do we want to solve it now? Because that's also quite important. You could solve it maybe next quarter or in the future. And we also try to list success metric. Like, how do we know we capture this opportunity? Like, when do we know we solve this problem where you can list certain metrics? And we also add. Competitive research, for instance, if this uh, solving this problem uh, lead to a competitive neutralizer. And at the end of this part, we also try to uh, list some high level solution direction for solving this problem. But the most important uh, piece here is to not go very deep on solution discovery because we are not there yet. So here you just try to uh, list what are super high-level way of solving it. So if I want to travel from A to B, one way is to just walking there, the other is to take a car, the other is to just cycle there. And you just keep it on that level and maybe do some high-level complexity estimation, again, super high-level, in order to be able to prioritize for the next part of the product alignment, which is the second part. And the second part is a solution framing. So that's where the solution discovery happens. And within the solution framing, we describe what is the proposed solution. If you remember, in the previous parts, we list a couple of high-level uh, solution direction that we could pursue. But in this phase, the team pick one. Uh, and they try to also describe why they reject the other solution, maybe because of the complexity, maybe for other reasons. And we also try to describe what is out of scope scope for, for for the solution that we are uh, pursuing. We also try to list things like dependencies, risk mitigation, we try to also design the key flows because that helps engineers to do a better estimation at this phase. Uh, We also uh, craft our GTMS strategy with the help of our go-to-market team in this phase. So what is the release plan? What are the key milestones? And do we have uh, alpha, beta program? Do we do experimentation? And what are the marketing and operational supports that we need? And what is the pricing and packaging? Everything about the the GTM and operational part of the release. And after this phase, we have the third part, which is called post-launch recap. And that is when the team already launched uh, what they were uh, supposed to launch. They did all the experimentation. They collect everything, and they can successfully reflect and say whether we achieved the the uh, what we had in mind and if not what was the learnings and what we can do next time uh, uh, to improve and what are the next steps
0: so if i if i'm understanding mm-hmm. it's correct the elements are uh, so opportunity or problem mm-hmm. framing solution framing and post launch recap these are the three areas, the elements that you could have a product alignment uh, kind of like discussion, if you will, to use the document. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. Yeah. And also what to bear in mind here is that once you write this and once you present it during the product alignment, it doesn't mean that it's set in a stone. During implementation, things might pop up and you might change certain things that you had in mind during the discovery, which is a natural evolution of the product. Therefore, uh, I think it's absolutely fine if later on you go back, you change certain feature that you included, uh, and so forth.
0: Fabio, what are some uh, you know if you think of this like a uh, product alignment meetings, like how do they look like at Miro, and like you know what's what's the purpose of that?
1: Yeah, so the product alignment at Miro happens weekly, and it's not just because we want to have certain cadence. It's simply because of the size of our company and the number of product teams that we have. We see that there is enough demand to have it weekly. Uh, And we try to, in advance, book one or two hours per week on the agenda of all the product teams uh, dedicated to product reviews. And sometimes if there is enough topic, we will will use the full an hour and a half. Sometimes when uh, there's More than enough topics, we might even schedule an extra one, and sometimes we might simply cancel if there is none. But at least we have this placeholder, and our product operation team is in charge for both hosting the meetings but also managing the agenda. And there is an open agenda that every product team can go there and add. uh, For instance, they can uh, say, In three weeks, I'm having a product review uh, for solution framing of, for instance, uh, a developer's platform or any product uh, opportunity that you are working on. Uh, We deliberately specify whether this is the review for solution framing or whether this is uh, the review for the problem framing. Problem framing, uh, we try to cap it shorter to 15 minutes. Uh, and 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 Q&A, solution framing tends to be longer because it also includes uh, the the details around solution, but also the uh, GTM strategy piece, like what's what's the go-to-market plan. And that is roughly around half an hour. Mm -hmm. And we also have the uh, post-launch recap, which we try to cap it to 15 minutes where the team comes and uh, try to present What was that PID about? Very briefly to remind everyone, what was that product launch about? What was the goal? What was the problem? And uh, what was the expected uh, outcome? And what was the actual outcome? And what were the learnings and what are the next steps? And yeah, so, so depending on the size of your company, you can have it weekly if there is more demand, or you can just have it ad hoc whenever it's needed. Well, at Miro, is speaking.
0: I, I like I like this this how you kind of like made this cl- uh, clear, depending on the, which which element of, of this uh, PAD is type. You know, from uh, problem framing, solution framing to post launch. Now, in terms of the audience and uh, you know who, who is attending to these meetings.
1: Yeah. So at Miro, we have the product manager who is or group PM who is working on that a specific product is uh presenting that the team was supposed to execute on or work on that uh even during the discovery because it's a cross-functional work uh, the, the team who is also uh, working on that PAD also pre- uh, are they are present as, as part of the reviews so uh, software developers designers researchers or anyone who contribute uh contributed to that product discovery Uh, So, these are the required attendees. uh, And next to that, we have another set of required attendees, which are the leadership or sponsors of that specific part of the product. And we have both engineering, design, and product leadership for those specific products. And these are also required attendees because they have to give thumbs up, thumbs down, provide feedback. Uh, whether the team should proceed or they should uh, change the direction or whatever. And next to that, the rest of the product guild is uh, invited optionally. So we have a lot of product managers from other teams attending. We have our CEO, which is in almost every single product alignment session, which is also very good, in my opinion, because he stays on top of the direction that the product is going although he is not part of the product teams on a day-to-day basis, but he has enough context, what is happening in every product team, and I think team, uh, that's, that is super helpful because it's sort of, it helps him to set the company vision and direction on a higher level. But at the same time, he's zooming in and out at the product level, and product uh, provide a really good feedback to, to product teams. And, at the same time i think the fact that other pms attending this meeting is super helpful in a sense that cross-pollination happens sometimes dependencies and risk are identified during the session because someone is presenting something from one product one side of the product and from the other side someone noticed oh we are also working on something similar maybe we should join forces uh, and so forth and also at the same time even if there is no cross-pollination or if there is uh, no dependencies it's still it's like uh, good training for the whole product guild it's like you're constantly attending to sessions where other product uh, people at the company they are presenting the challenges that they have and the way that they are solving those challenges so your mind is constantly learning how they do it how I would do it if I were them, and then you provide your feedback to them. You you ask clarifying questions, so it's really sort of like a product management training for everyone.
0: Yeah, no, this is this is really cool, man, and I love I love the openness out of this. And I, I can imagine certainly this this kind of meetings where you kind of opening up everything that you're doing to the broader team and organization. Literally, everybody can attend these meetings. Uh, it could also be a little bit nerve-wracking, I can assume, for a PM that everybody else have their eyes on, you know, what you're working on, you know, on your, on your initiative, right? So I'm curious to know, have you have you noticed uh, any of such challenges, uh, you know, when you share everything openly yeah. to others for feedback, like, and how, how, do you, how do you tackle that?
1: Yeah, I think it has, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, for sure when you try to prepare this you know that you are going to present this in a panel therefore you even go back and try to write down some of the assumptions you made so i think that that has a even extra advantage that you think okay i'm going to present this to an audience which they don't have all the research they haven't done all the research that i have done so i need to make sure that i i list all the information necessary for the audience and while you do that you notice actually there are certain gaps and and you might go back and do extra research because it's like in development you have uh, this approach that you have a rubber dot next to your computer you talk to a rubber dot to debug your code and here is the same you just as part of the preparation you sometimes notice that there are parts uh, which are gaps you need to fill in and next to that i think once the engine of product alignment start running, and every week people present and present, I think there's enough mistake happen that you notice. But by all product team, uh, regardless of seniority or regardless of product, you see that in every product reviews there are sometimes uh, questions uh, which, for instance, that product person or their team didn't think about, and that's the whole purpose. So. I think uh, at some point, you notice that it's not only related to you or others. Yeah, of course, some poor people might be more prepared. But overall, I think everyone is uh, vulnerable enough to, to just uh, share their mistakes and, and gaps. And, and that's the whole purpose of that. And I think so far, we didn't have much. I haven't seen much uh, fear of uh, going going to this place. It's just regular... Uh, way well, of when you are presenting something to the audience, it needs preparation, and that's it.
0: Yeah. No, I love I love that culture of op- openness and transparency and, uh, you know, radical openness and transparency is, is uh, I think Ray Dalio talks about mm-hmm. it. So, so, no, I love that. That's, that's pretty cool. And like only good things comes out of it. I and mean, to your point, you know, you'd be even more prepared now that, you know, everyone, everyone's eye is going to be on it and they don't have the context in, into what you've done. So, it makes you a better pm from that sense, right? So uh, that's yeah. awesome.
1: and 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 related to that, what I like is like in a Zoom chat, that the all the uh, product people are quite proactive. So someone when they are presenting, we are not going to interrupt that person, but we just list our question in the chat. But at the same time, we also list our compliments. We are also list our feedbacks and everything. So, at the end, when they get to, to, to the questions, the, the per, uh, they are going to answer some of the questions as much as they have time. The rest, they are going to async answer inside a channel which we have. It's called product alignment. And, uh, but at the same time, they also there's always enough also compliments. Like what you like, you just write it down in the chat. And later, the PM who's presenting or also the team which is present, they just read. So it's not only about constructive feedback or... Uh, question but also what you like you let them know
0: like what you hear so far make sure to never miss an episode by clicking on the subscribe button now this podcast has been made possible by listeners like yourself and I'm thankful for your support now let's head back to the show yeah no that's true that's true Uh, that's awesome so (laughs) what are what are some uh, possible outcomes you know let's say you present one of the Uh, three options you mentioned, uh, what are some possible outcomes that could come out of it and who provides those uh, kind of directions?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. We have four possible outcomes of each product reviews and one of them is just thumbs up, looks great, please proceed. The other is approve, please account for recommended course of corrections. So that means there has been some minor comment or feedback, just try to, to act on them. And then the third outcome is is that this is directionally okay, but please follow up offline before possible. So this is like, a, uh, before moving ahead, make sure to, to uh, get back to us and discuss. And the last one is not approved. Additional work is required. I barely, I think I almost don't remember if we ever had, recently, anything which was not approved. Uh, Directionally, okay less. I think most of the things just get looks great. Please proceed. Or just approved. Please uh, account for recommended course corrections. And um, who is giving this? uh, Basically, uh, who is giving the final word? This is the sponsors and leaders of that product. So it's like uh, the head of product for that product area is also engineering leadership uh, and also sometimes the design leadership uh, who's present for that that part of the product, they collectively uh, provide answer.
0: Okay. And I'm curious, like, uh, because there is your opening and I can, there's this part of like, you know, empowering the, the product manager and the team and the product team itself to make those calls. And obviously they get the feedback from the leadership, but how do you, like I'm just uh, thinking to myself, like if if you believe uh, one approach is working, right, and you want to kind of take that approach to uh, go ahead, does th- doesn't this kind of like take some control away from the PM in that sense, like, and uh, because if somebody else, uh, the, the leadership and sponsors are like commenting on those, I'm curious to hear, like, w- w- have you have have you ever had to encounter? those situations that you know the product manager and team strongly believes in that direction and the same team does but then the uh leadership kind of like doesn't uh, align with that approach and i'm curious to know has has this been happening at all in your case
1: i think it barely happened and i think i got this question actually before that whether it might lead to a micromanagement or not and i personally think you have this you have this actually in place, this, this product alignment engine in place to give all the freedom to product people. So at Miro, uh, the year the, the Euro strategy is set uh, by the company. And the year, uh, basically, vision is set uh, by the leadership. But the rest is all up to the teams on how they want to realize that vision. So there is a lot of freedom on which direction you want to take, which part of the product you want to focus on. You have a set of opportunities and problems. You have to prioritize it yourself. You don't know even what are the set of problems or opportunities uh, that you have in mind because you do the research, you are on top of that part of the product. Therefore, it's your responsibility, Uh, not only responsibility, you know better than anyone else to what to prioritize. And therefore, you pick the problem you uh, try to convince us sort of why this is a problem that we're solving. And and if you have legit reasons, then we, we never, and that's why uh, I mentioned it's mostly product reviews. I barely recall that someone had to change direction because again, at the end of the day that the product person has done enough research, know the field very well. It's only, they're only trying to provide feedback, ask questions to make sure that's, Uh, there's no gap, everything is covered in terms of like the approach there is no flaws but the rest I think is up to the teams and I think it brings more of more freedom than control because you're free to work on whatever you think worth uh, working.
0: Yeah, yeah and I can imagine it it wouldn't apply to every uh, kind of culture organization but certainly to those who, who are open to that then there could be a lot of utility to uh you know learn from each other this is such a great platform to do
1: that right so cool man and and even and even to add to that i think this is even great for the companies with a lot of micromanagement or top-down sort of uh strategy setting or product management uh type because here you no longer no one can come and tell hey please work on that part of the product and please implement this there. because at the end of the day, you have to bring it to this panel. You have yeah. to have enough reason why I'm working on this problem. Because if you remember, there was a section which was about why, uh, in, the, in the problem discovery, there was a section why. And in the why section, we have questions such as, uh, for instance, why are we working uh, on this problem and not other problems? like does it relate to the current OKRs and if yes which one or is this leading to a competitive neutralizer differentiator or, or delighter and if you don't have proper answer to any of those then I think uh, everyone notices that there is no sense to, 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 to just take this direction and I think this is actually the companies with a lot of micromanagement this is exactly what they need because then you would be having a hard time feeling this if if the problems and if the solution is coming from top, either they have they should have so much knowledge and be on top of everything to know uh, what is the right thing to work on on this moment, and they should have enough reasoning for it. And if they have, sure, let's do it. But if they don't, then I think it's simply it's going to be obvious that it doesn't make sense to work. So I think this is also very great, great for changing that culture.
0: Yeah. It could be to your point. It could be yeah, that's a very good point. Could be a culture-changing uh, kind of tool as well as well to that to that sensory sharing. That's pretty cool. Awesome. So now I'm curious. Like my next question is about the actual tactics and like you know if you like in terms of running these PAD meetings, you know, like what are some lessons learned, do's and don'ts from your and what what you learned so far?
1: Yeah, uh, that's also a good question. So I think. The the most important learning here is just to start doing it. Because again, I've seen a lot of companies they get uh, too hung up on thinking whether, how we should implement this, when is the right time to do it, and who should be there, and how, how we should operationalize it. But I think even if this is not rolled out within your company, and even if you don't have product alignment, just start doing it within your own team because even just using this as structure of listing, what is the problem statement? What is the uh, board audience? Like, why are we solving this problem? These are all the contexts that even your designer needs to have, or your uh, researchers needs to have actually research the field, and later on also your engineer. So, I think uh, this is actually even for the things that we don't bring to product alignment meetings, for maybe smaller set of problems that we are working on. Uh, Even for those, we try to just uh, use these templates uh, if it makes sense. And of course, we might drop some of the questions which might not be relevant. But at least we try to cover as much as possible because it helps the whole team to get aligned. And I think that's the most important learning that I had. And next to that, I think, depending on the size of the company, you, you might want to uh, adjust this to your own needs so maybe you don't want to uh, uh have it as i said similar to us weekly because there is not enough demand you want to do it uh on an ad hoc base or for instance you don't need to have that the whole product guild invited to these meetings because the organization is super large so maybe you just want to have this within your own product area uh, or maybe you want to adjust this to to uh Add some extra questions to some parts because it's more relevant to the product that you are working on. If it's a hardware product or some other type of product, so I think flexibility in that sense to trying to adjust it to your own needs, I think, is very important. Not not only for this framework, but I think for any other framework.
0: For sure, yeah, makes a lot of sense. And like to your point, like I'm uh, I'm assuming that this. It doesn't matter you know what kind of product you're working on b2b b2c or company stage to leverage this pad is that correct
1: yeah that's absolutely correct
0: awesome man. this is this is really really cool yeah. and uh,
1: even even hardware products i mean even hard of the day you're solving your problem for someone and you have an audience and there is a reason that you are doing it and you have certain metrics to to uh, for achieving that success and you have a go-to-market strategy so i think for it would partially work for any type of product. You might just want to adjust some parts, but at the end, it just gets down to problem, solution, and reflection idea.
0: Now, I'm curious, like from your sense, what sort of reaction have you received? Have you been receiving from the community since you put it up? I think a couple of months ago, right? Uh,
1: yeah. Thanks. I think it was. Uh, yeah, it went. Uh, it's quite. It was more popular than expected. Honestly. When I published it, uh, a lot of people started reaching out, asking questions, and they were telling they're adopting it at their own company. So there was two moments that I felt that it was uh, supported by the community, both inside Miro and outside Miro. And the, the first moment was when I shared it with my colleague at Miro, right away organically, team started using it, even before I give the presentation to the whole product guild. So it was organically rolled out. I think by the time that I presented this at our product guild meeting, by then I think more than 50% of the teams were already using it. Nice. And same with, uh, same with uh, the, the, the blog post. I just wrote, uh, wrote it, I put it out there, and then I started getting a lot of questions and a lot of comments about that we are adopting this, but we are not sure about certain questions. And we also, have, we also had those questions at Miro. Some of them we answered. Some of them are still to date are a bit of a challenge on what should we do with this part? Should we do this before OKR planning or after OKR planning? How much effort should we put into the solution discovery phase? Should the, all the design and the screen should be ready in that phase and then come to the review? Or sh- should we do a, some sort of shallow solution discovery, bring it to the review and later on Uh, try to complete all the screens and write engineering design doc so there are all sort of variation you can go with it and each of them has their own pros and cons Uh, but yeah there are a lot of questions and challenges around those pieces
0: cool no i mean uh, i'd be very curious uh, if i if i could steal one of those questions Mm -hmm. and ask it back so you mentioned in terms of like the Uh, the cadence between when we should do it and like the level of effort between uh, the discovery, uh, problem discovery and solution discovery part. Like, yeah, if you could share like your thoughts on those top questions at the beginning, I'd love to hear those.
1: Yeah, so I think that the most important thing is to just start using it as soon as possible and experiment with it because you can talk about the theoretical piece, how we should do it, but uh, the most important is to get into it. And by experimentation, you see what works for your company and whatnot. And whether this should be done in a cadence or not, I don't think there is a certain cadence that you think you should be doing product discovery, I don't know, quarterly on a certain dates or, or solution discovery. I think um, all the PMs should ha- keep track of all the problems or opportunity they have. They have to prioritize their prob- what I call problem backlog the same way that they are prioritizing the solution backlog. So there's a backlog of opportunity you have. You have certain criterias based on your strategy that you would prioritize those opportunities. And whenever it's the right time that you know that you're gonna work on that opportunity, you will start the discovery. And there has been cases where I started the discovery on the, 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 the problem slash opportunity discovery. And uh, After that, we notice, okay, now we feel that it's better to park this because after doing the problem discovery, we notice this is something that takes a higher effort than than, uh, we thought. Therefore, we want to do it maybe next quarter. And uh, the ones that you want to pursue and do solution discovery right away after Sometimes it take a longer time to do solution discovery. Sometimes it, it takes a shorter time. That's why I think it's quite hard to aim for standardizing this process and thinking, shall we do some part before the OKR planning, like the problem discovery before OKR planning, and then solution discovery during the quarter. I think those are quite hard to standardize. Again, depend depending on your teams and, and the company size and everything, you could try to do that. But I personally like the flexibility of, PMs themselves deciding this is the right time to work on this set of opportunities. And for these two opportunity, I start crafting a PAD and I start working on it. And whenever each part is ready, I just try to present it in this uh, meeting of product alignment. Uh, yeah. Cool. Did no, I answer does... your question?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. No, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you got to just ad- adopt it to your environment and see how we can best use it, right? So just just like Agile itself, I'd say there's no one way to do Agile. And uh, you, know, you can, you can uh, I've seen with all, all flavors of them. So I think it will go the same way. You have to kind of adopt your environment, right? So Farwood, where, where can our listeners uh, follow your insights?
1: Uh, thanks. Uh, so I have a sub Farwood Sarov, which uh, they can go to my blog.farwoodsarov.com. I occasionally write about product management, also open source because I have uh, some interest there, and sometimes mental models, and uh, I might uh, start writing more about uh, products at Miro, like the team structure, or structure, or some other frameworks that we use internally, and yeah, I think I'm actually in almost all channels, so Twitter. Uh, medium, which I cross-post whatever I uh, I publish on my sub-stack. So wherever I think they feel comfortable, they can just search for my name, Faribh and they can just follow
0: me. Cool, man. I'll be sure to add the links to uh, your blogs and social media as well to the description so we, our listeners can check it out. Uh, but this is awesome, farbot Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing uh, your product alignment document with us. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was fun. That's it for this week's episode of PMHub Podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, definitely feel free to share with your audience. Leave a five-star review so we can reach more audience. If you have any suggestions, definitely send me a note to cyrus.productmanagerhub.org. Also subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of the upcoming
1: episodes. I'm Cyrus Shirazian, and until next show, stay safe and healthy.